We could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Nope. We could go wrong. Everything could go sideways, Dan. That's how it is. It's 9.42 a.m. Saturday, January the 20th, 2018. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> was that a do-to-do or is that a don't-to-do? <laughs> I don't-to-do-to-do know. You do 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 Okay. All right. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's good. That's excellent. Yeah. Getting a little bit of a late start. But not as late as I thought we would. You it seems it... like we've done a lot this morning. Yeah, we have. We've gotten a lot done. Well, Gee. we talked to your daughter. And... Yeah, we talked to Alice. Uh, we cleaned out the fireplace and started a fire in it. And we put, uh, we each had, I'm on my second cup of joe. You've made some tea. Got that happening. We've been perusing several musical options uh, yeah. for the show today. We've done all these things. And, uh, you know. It seems like it should be later than that. Yeah. Well, we could wait for a while if you want. We could, no, that's We could okay. put this off. We could say, you know, maybe 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. You know, we could do that. It was nice talking to Alice this morning. It was nice talking to Alice this morning. She's a, she's a caution, that one. <laughs> <laughs> she's up visiting her friend Delaney up in Mount Vernon. Delaney and Alice go... All the way back. They've been buddies since they were little kids. It's great. It is great. It's great. It's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine as per usual. Doing things and being parts of other things that other people were doing. I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip. Had my own little things happening still. Lots of important stuff. Yeah, ham and eggs. And some insignificant things as well. Well... It's been a week since we uh, since we spoke, and so... What um, happened in that week? You had a concert. Oh, I had a concert that night. That night. That night. And we thought that Kat was going to be when there. When we spoke to you last, we, yeah, it was going to be a concert with myself and Ms. Kat Eggleston, and Kat Eggleston uh, had the flu and ended up, ended up not being able to make it to that show. So it's like, you know... The whole thing, everything's different since last we spoke. But it was a fantastic concert. It was. It went. I really enjoyed I was, that concert. I was pleased with how well it turned out, especially since I was so freaked out going in. <laughs> so didn't it seem like I was particularly? Yes, you were particularly. What the freaked heck? Out. I, I don't. Know. I have no idea. Well, I guess when when Cat when when it was clear to us that Cat couldn't make it. Something snapped inside of Bill, and <laughs> his confidence kind of just flew away. On the wings of a snow white dove. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. His confidence <laughs> got shook. You boy. That's good coffee. Yeah. It wasn't, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't pleasant, I'm sure, hanging out with Bill in the hour or so before the show was not a, was not a, a good time. <clears throat> so you I, can get quite dire during I, Let me apologize like for that, that once again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was. And then people started... When, by the time there were six or seven people there, I felt okay. And then people kept coming. Yeah. After that, it was quite... Uh, it was very nice. And the, the venue was just... The C&P Coffee House in West Seattle. It's just the best. It is the best. 
and uh, we had a lot of fine humans in that room that night. Including your drama teacher from high school. Including my high school drama teacher, Terry Meisenberg, and his lovely wife, Paris, and um, Dan and Sally were there, and Nels and Ann Milgard were there, and my friend, friend from work, Brianna, from and her, Brianna, she yeah. brought a friend. And yeah, and the friend seemed to be okay, even after it was over. They seemed to have survived it quite well. And my friend Lori brought Jason, her partner, and her mom, Sharon, was there too. And Sharon really liked it. I don't know. And uh, Gary and Nadine Maycutt were there. And uh, it's probably other people too. Uh, Steve uh, Norris was there. And, uh, Threshold. Threshold were there. Gordon and Baj were there. And uh, it was, you know, it was a good good house, good turnout, good vibe. Um, and it was really lovely to get out of the headspace that I had been in leading up to it. It was just lovely to extricate myself from that. And I owe it all to those people. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think I would have done it on my own at that point. <laughs> so, anyway, Wish Cat could have been there, though. But hopefully there will be other opportunities to to play with Cat. So, and other than that, it's it's been the, a... The weeks are just going... Wow, I know. It's been a wild ride at work, too. Just very, 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 very busy. And so the weeks are going by fast. Yeah. In fact, I can't believe that we're already, you know... Having the weekend to talk about. That's why we couldn't think about music. I know. It's like these things are sneaking up on us quicker and quicker. What's the deal with that? What's the ding-dang deal with the whole sneaking up on us quicker thing? I wanted to talk to you. I was thinking about this this week. I would like to talk to you about The Only Magic You Know. Which is uh, not not about the song. But about the... Not about the song? Well, it's about that song, but also other songs. The reason why I was thinking about it is I was thinking about Raise Your Heart. You said that you played it on the open mic, and I was thinking about the the magic of that day when you wrote Raise Your Heart, because that was such an interesting thing to witness. Usually I'm not around to witness you writing a song. Uh, well, both of those songs are what I would call lightning bolt songs. Uh, where they kind of came out of nowhere and I wasn't even looking for them and they just kind of showed up. And I think the only magic I know, which is my most recent song, I had forgotten that that happens from time to time because I've been kind of in this mode with songwriting where I can kind of write something over a longer period of time. And I've kind of gotten used to that being a, a mark of progress as a songwriter that I can sustain my sense of original inspiration over a longer period of time. It used to be if I didn't grab it in kind of a flashy moment that it was kind of like I kind of wrote it off as being unavailable. And I feel like since I've been doing it for, you know, 40-some years or so, uh, I've gotten to where I can kind of work the process a little better than I used to. And so I've kind of gotten into that process kind of mindset and songs like Raise Your Heart and The Only Magic I Know remind me that I can still get struck by lightning, too. So the, the Yeah, only... because the, my rep- 
my remembrance of this, and that's why I was wondering if you even have any remembrance of this. So when we were um, first together, you said you hadn't been writing songs for a while, and you started, you had written a few songs um, since we were together, but you were actually feeling like you were not able to write songs as much as you had and um, when you were younger. And so we were watching a um, program that was about an artist who did this uh, gallery called Sacred Mirrors. I can't remember the artist's name now. Um, he's He's got quite an otherworldly kind of painting style. Right. I want to say it's like Alex Gray or something like that, but I'm not sure of that. Okay. Anyway, we were watching the show because I had seen it previously and I wanted to show you this one painting that was within that uh, that show and, and the way that the artist spoke of it, which was that it shows the artist painting and all these artists that had affected him as somewhat present in the background as spirits. And Alex Gray. Alex Gray. Yeah, yeah, it was Alex Gray. And so I was so fascinated by this um, by this show, and I wanted you to see it too. So we were watching it, and then all of a sudden you just got up and left the room. And I... Was it in the middle of the show? Or? Yeah, it was kind of in the middle of the show. And then you went upstairs, and I was doing laundry anyway, and I was thinking, oh, you know, but you didn't really say anything. You just walked away. And then I was uh, folding laundry and putting it, I was taking upstairs to put away, and you said something like from the your office, you said, why can't I write anything? And I said, oh, no, that's a... I know that you will write something and then went back downstairs. I was doing some other stuff. Then you actually called me from upstairs. You said, Diane, Diane, Diane. And I was just like, oh my God, what happened? And I ran upstairs and, and you were crying. And you said, why can't I write anything that I can sing? So I thought you still hadn't written anything and that you had wanted to write something. And then you told me, no, I, I've written it. I just can't sing it because it, it's too emotional for me. And you proceeded to sing me a verse at a time. And you were crying through each verse. And then you'd be able to sing me another verse. But I would say my own experience of it was that it was within a couple of hours, three hours at the most, yeah. that that song came. Yeah, yeah, it came pretty quick. So what was your, ex I wanted to ask, can you even remember your experience of that? No, I can't. That's why I was wondering. I remember wondering. that it was uh, emotional and that I, I remember I tried, I was trying to record a demo of it so that I could remember the song and I had to do one verse at a time and splice them together because I couldn't sustain the uh, singing of it, but... That's about it. 
Yeah, it's it's weird because uh, those lightning bolty kind of songs don't they don't come with a lot of information up front. They don't have a lot of uh, they don't have a lot of information. I mean, you know, it's like you are writing and you don't know what you're writing about until it's already done. I've had other times where that's happened. Concrete trees arrived like that, uh, uh, where it's just. You know, you've, you've written the thing, it's already there, and then you're like, so what the hell is this about? <laughs> anyway, and uh, I knew it was, a, I knew what the Raise Your Heart was about uh, by the time I was done with it, but, yeah, I can't really describe the experience of writing the song, other than it's kind of like a fugue state that you're in, and then you're out of it, and then you're kind of, you know, bedazzled by the process to the point where you're, trying to reorient yourself and, and figure out what is this thing I just did. And it doesn't sound very interesting talking about it at this point to me. Well, that's interesting because yeah. I do find it fascinating. Yeah, well. Especially because I experienced the, the opposite side of it, you know, of, of just witnessing these, these key points right. in the process. Right. But usually I'm not around for, you know, uh, um, it is, we cannot actually talk about songs. If, if there's something new, you always say not to tell you, talk about it. So, um, oh, right. so I'm, I may hear some things upstairs, but I actually try not to even know about stuff uh, that's going that's, on that's, in your room. That's best, I think, <laughs> in general, because most often it turns out to be nothing. But when it is when there's a possibility of it being something, it enters this kind of very delicate area. Yeah. That feels very delicate, and you can't, you know, I don't know what would disturb it to the point where it would be, you know, lost. But I'm always very, I I step very. It's like walking on eggshells around something, you know, just to, because you don't want to derail it in any way, you know. I just was wondering, because when I was thinking about it this week, I was wondering whether you had any of that. Did you have any of the music or anything when you went upstairs? Or did that all... Or raise your heart? Yeah. No. So it all came just in that... Yeah. And I sat down and I, and I just played the guitar figure, which I'd never played before. <laughs> and then it just kind of came. I, you know, I, I can't explain it. Uh, well, there's there's but, no explanation but to offer. No, I, I'm not even a, uh, asking for an explanation, but I just yeah. thought at the time, wow, you know, I was a witness to this magic happening in front of me. Usually I don't get to see that. But I know, I mean, I've, I've certainly been in the most uh, joyous of spots, which is that I get to... Um, be sometimes the first person to hear a new song and I've been in that position several times in my life I with my brother when he used to play new songs and then with uh, Kat um, and then with you and it's pretty a pretty special moment to be one of the first people who's ever heard a new creation I feel very fortunate Songs remain viscous for quite a while after they're written. They don't, 
they, there's a process where they have to settle into their final form, you know. And that's an interesting thing for me. I mean, when, when I was I was just thinking about this, uh, songwriting is a, is really a cool thing. <laughs> it's Be- very cool. Because it never gets old. It's n- it never feels rote. It never feels like, you know, you do this first, then you do this, then you you know, and then that happens, and then this happens. You know, it's never the same twice. It's never the same experience twice. And you see, you're you go from. Uh, a state of kind of maybe frustration or just kind of suspension where you're just kind of noodling around playing songs you already wrote all right and all of a sudden you know a couple hours goes by and something exists that didn't exist before it's very strange it's and, the, and it, but it never gets old i, I really think it's f- fabulous that you for anybody to have a thing that they do that is constantly interesting and it kind of self-propelled, and it never it, it never feels like it's a tired old thing. It always feels like a brand new thing. So. Well, and I don't ever think of myself in the artistic category as an artist, although I've been told by my artistic friends I am. So, I must have that in me. But um, but I certainly have had that experience. You know, like, I've had it with two activities. One is with when I was writing um, The Ruby Heart, which I have not completed. And part of the reason why I didn't complete it, um, and it still calls to me, I I am going to complete it. Um, But part of the reason why I didn't complete it is I got to a place in the story where... It was going to demand something of me that I didn't know whether I had, you know. Um, I still think my my confidence needs to come back on that. But while I was writing it, it was so interesting because I'd just come home at night, I'd light a candle, and um, and just write after work, you know, just write a chapter. I was writing a pretty much a chapter a night. And, and the thing that was so interesting about it is that it just, uh, it was like I was not in control of the process. Yeah. That I was not making something happen because I really didn't have that much of an idea. Although I did have, uh, I had to do research sometimes for some of the things that I was doing. But at the same time, the the story was commanding it and the characters were their own character i mean i didn't come up with them they arrived and that was a pretty special feeling to be a part of and uh and the other times are when i do the collaging i've had my best collages are the ones that have kind of presented themselves where i haven't really planned it out as much and it's just happening and I and during those times I mean I I remember I was at a collage workshop one time and people because I had produced like three collages and some people were still working on theirs and they were seeing the collages I was doing and they started coming over to me and saying can you teach me how to to do what you're doing and 
And I was uh, kind of uh, amazed that they were asking because to me, it's not something you teach. It's just you have something that's coming out. But for me, the collaging process has also had that same uh, aspect that it's like I finish something and then I interpret what it is on my best collages. If I try to structure it too much, somehow it doesn't come out the same. So, anyway, I'm sorry that you didn't find that an interesting thing to talk about because I actually well, I, I, it's only it's only not interesting that it's hard. You can't articulate something that. Let's well, magic. You can't that's, articulate. That's why I was said that. Uh, why I started off the only magic you know because it's a powerful magic you know. I mean that's. I don't a, know it. I don't know it. I participate yeah. in it, but I don't really know it. It's just, uh, but I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that it stays interesting is because it's like you know but don't you think it's it's sort of like the creative life is a trust in something beyond the physical you know like i want to say that i think it's more contact than trust you know it's like it's like uh it's magic because you you make it's like you're making contact with something else uh, and you trust it while it's there. I mean, you can't you can't describe it. Uh, you can't identify it. You don't see it coming sometimes. <laughs> well, the reason why I say that is I have my my usual job is very practical and it's a building on skill sets and you know learning this this and this. But there is a certain magic about it too. You know that it's just that it doesn't produce in quite the same way as you would think a magical thing would but it is magic of its own but it to my mind it's I think that that's been part of the reason why I haven't participated more thoroughly in a creative world is that I'm always a little um, mystified by it and it, it seems more protected to go back to the uh, the practical than it does to the to the uh, enchanted world. It's almost like choosing the world of the reality versus a world of dreams or something. Because for me, a lot of my states of creativity are very dreamlike. Right, but I think it, you know the, the one grows out of the other. I think there's a certain amount of practical uh, things that I do every day uh, that I do that are just kind of rote things like getting up and writing every day and stuff like that, that I feel like all of that feeds into uh, moments that I would call inspirational moments. So, you know, I feel like the the stuff I do every day to kind of keep sharp uh, is what gives me access to... Well, and also to keep open, isn't it? I mean, you're somewhat just opening the door... Yeah. keeping the door open for right. whatever might come right. well anyway it's it's interesting to me and particularly when we're going to be having the music that we have today which is Dave Carter and Tracy Grammer yeah. um, truly inspired stuff truly inspired stuff yeah, he is Dave Carter had a had a had a pretty direct line to the to the magic and from my understanding, he he was very hoodoo voodoo about it. 
when he was uh, writing music. Hoodoo voodoo. Hoodoo voodoo. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. All rise. Behold the famous disappearing man who comes in crimson robes, leaves in yellow rags. Here now is ancient call to union and the furious communion of the maiden and the stag in the dark in the dawn with your wedding dress in tatters you reveal the yearning desert in the country of your skin how you ache for the fawn and he says it doesn't matter but it does and he's gone and you know that he won't be back Born his heavy armor resting only in his sorrows and his noble nose regrets. Some light, some momentary solace, and you ride off gay and lost as the moment that you met. So the night comes and goes, and there's no one there to nurture but yourself. You've nothing left to lose Will you stand in the road Waiting for another searcher Will you weep soft and low In the voice that your mother used to
Summer is over and her temples are gray And I guess you'll be looking round for somebody new Or maybe you found him and you're just not saying Cause he makes you feel the way I used to do Oh babe, if there's a better way to love you well, Show it to me Cause I could not live And let you get away Knowing there was A better way Well out on that highway The main wind is screaming And it cuts right through you In the rain But I'd walk beside you to share in your dreaming And while you were sleeping, I'd be standing guard Now baby, if there's a better way to love you Well show it to me, cause I could not live And let you get away Knowing there was a better way Well, hard roads bust open with bitter words spoken And hearts can be broken and dreams undone But hearts can be mended and hard words forgotten roads return off where they started from so babe if there's a better way to love you well show it to me cause I could not live and let you get away knowing there was a better way Death came to my window in the form of a maiden But she didn't say nothing, she just stood and stared Round about midnight she lay down beside me But when I awoke there was nobody there Oh babe, if there's a better Knowing there was a better way